Well, welcome to our special edition of East Coast Podcast. You may notice that we have the very handsome Felix here, which is Hi. nice. <laughs> um, and we also have our friends here, Kerry and Adrian Lumbu. Hello. Um, they are, if you don't know them and you're listening at home, um, we've, they're principal psychologists of motivating marriages and they also specialise and are trained in the Gottman Method Couples Therapy, which mm-hmm. we've been on that journey um, with these guys. Actually, here at church, we've hosted one of the workshops as well as attending mm-hmm. Seven Principles to Make Your Marriage Work. We've loved the principles personally. They've really impacted us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we love your work. So it's been a really nice friendship cheering yeah. each other on yeah. over the years. Um, and we sit here under very strange circumstances. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we want to talk about, I guess, and Felix and I being here not as the experts, you guys, um, and feel free to practice on us <laughs> um, today, is where the world is in a really strange place. Yeah at the moment and the last two weeks particularly have been a lot of stress Mm. and pressure and even for us and our family who usually Mm. chugs on which which I would say with a normal amount of conflict and you know what you would expect we've been under a lot of pressure and stress have Mm. we not babe absolutely and Mm. I think you know last week was the first week that we both started working from home and Mm. Usually going to work is a nice break, yeah. you know, and it's a bit of downtime. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now we're at home together and mm. we have completely different parenting styles. Yep. We manage our home completely differently. Mm. Now we teach the kids completely differently <laughs> again. And, you know, and l- last Recipe week... Recipe for disaster. <laughs> last week, the first week, it was pretty intense and there was a lot of yelling happening between us, the kids, yeah. and it was a little bit of chaos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I thought it was so important, this conversation mm. with you guys, because if we're feeling that now... I'm assuming we're not the only ones. Yep. <laughs> um, and, and the other factor that just to throw in there is all of the workplaces have been turned mm. on their heads. So yeah. we've had to mm. restructure. Yeah. So you've not stopped working and mm. all of those things. Yeah. So tell us your wisdom. <laughs> show us your ways. We're hearing that across the board, by the way. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, yeah. Across the board from and, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And we see a range of clients, both in, in our marriage counselling work that we do mm. at Motivating Marriages, but in our other practice where we have a few other psychologists as well. Mm. Um, obviously, this last couple of weeks has been really intensified with the amount of people coming through the doors and pretty much every client that we're sitting with, um, whether they're people that are working on the front line, like doctors and nurses, where whether it's uh, teachers, whether it's stay-at-home mums, whether it's dads coming home and having to work at home, everybody is affected by this mm. crisis. Um, and this coronavirus has literally taken over um, mm. in more ways than one. And yeah. I think the impact that it's had on families is quite significant already. Um, and that comes down to the fact that there is that, as you talked about, that increasing conflict Mm. Um, yeah, so conflict, I think it's probably first to a good point to recognise that conflict is a very, very normal state of every relationship. And for those of you that are sort of sitting at home wondering, um, you know, should we be having conflict? 
The answer is yes, conflict's normal. <laughs> Don't be alarmed. Um, and it's not the presence of conflict that is concerning um, in relationships. It's actually mm. how we do conflict that makes or breaks a relationship. So it's not the presence of it. It's mm. all okay. Um, and I think the other important thing to talk about is the fact that conflict and the nature of the conflict that you're going to be having is both happy couples and unhappy couples are fighting about exactly the same things. Mm. So I think, Felix, you highlighted a few things like the house, how we run the house how we parent the kids. Um, now with the added addition, you've all become teachers for home yeah. care, like homeschooling. Um, who knew you had it in you? But <laughs> Still not sure. <laughs> not sure. Did I even pass school myself? Yeah, I don't different know. types of smart, yes. Um, so parents are at home and they are learning how to do all of this stuff. And so the couples that are really happy in their relationship, they will be fighting about exactly the same things mm. as unhappy couples will be fighting about. It's just how they fight is going to be very, very different. Mm. And that's what will um, really help or hinder us through this time mm. in, in lockdown, as we're calling it, I suppose, mm. now. Mm. I think to further normalise, um, you know, conflict and whatnot. I mean, you guys attended the Seven Principles uh, for Making yeah. Marriage Work uh, by John Gottman. And one of his most um, famous and um, noteworthy uh, statistics that he's found in his research mm. is that 69% of problems in every single relationship, so you, you guys, us, us. here, yeah. You know, everybody um, in every relationship around the world, yeah. 69% of problems never go away. They're mm. what's called um, perpetual issues. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's actually okay mm. <laughs> that we yeah. are uh, suffering these problems. And mm. so you can sort of see it in two ways. You can see it in so far as, oh, my goodness, are these never going to go away type yeah. of thing, which they won't, but yeah. you can learn how to do it properly. Mm. But you can also choose to look at it in a very different way, and that is that I'm not alone. And it's, if we're having problems here, yeah. so are you guys, and so yeah. is the next person and whatnot so yeah. if you're having problems at home look that's that's normal uh, but as Carrie said it's how you actually deal with them you know? mm. and I think it's important coming from our our faith perspective which obviously not everyone listening yeah. may come from that but mm. I think in churches there can be this this misinformation of you shouldn't be fighting mm. like that's yeah. wrong yeah. and yeah. then you feel like you need to hide it and yeah. that for us is why we are so open, yeah. you know, with our own mm. challenges because it's unrealistic. Yeah. So, therefore, if you're fighting and then trying to hide it, then yeah. you're even more alone mm. Absolutely. Um, in mm. this yeah. season. Mm. So, I think that message is super important. Mm. It's how you conflict, not that you should yep. not conflict yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. And I think on, on that as well, so definitely what you said about the churches and people feeling like, oh, we've got to look sort of good on the outside mm. and not show anybody that we're a bit broken. The same is happening for people that are not of faith you know that we see all the time in our practice um, there is this social stigma attached to whether or not our marriage is good and what mm. we look like on the outside mm. but what I think we're all being confronted with right now is just the reality of home is the place that we need to be it's been forced upon us um, mm. and when we're there we're now confronted with the reality of what's happening behind our closed doors mm. and for some people it's highlighting problems that they've been avoiding because they've been able to run off to the gym or or go off to work or, um, you know, go off here and go for a surf or whatever the case may be. Um, but now you can't really do a lot of those things so mm. that you behind those closed doors, you're stuck there and you're having to look at your partner and your kids and yourself <laughs> and then go, hmm, yeah, we do have problems. <laughs> what are we going to do about them? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Kerry and I, um, uh, we have, well, 
probably close to 40 years of psychological experience between the two of yeah, us, right? Yeah. Mm. But we can fight like the best of them. <laughs> it's <laughs> we it's just, it, yeah, yeah, we can yeah. Yeah, really go at it, can't yeah. we, you know? Um, but again, it's a, and we know this stuff and that's the yeah. thing, you know, we're, we're, we're trained in this stuff, mm. but you, you, you slip into your old ways sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it's, um, it's about, you know, being sort of uh, mindful of how we're yeah. actually coming across to the other person, taking responsibility for our own emotions and feelings yeah. uh, and just being gentle with each other, really. I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's the message, being gentle, especially mm. at this time yeah. when we're all sort of cooped up um, together mm. uh, for longer periods than normal. Um, yeah. It's about tolerance, um, yeah. you know, forgiveness and, and, and gentleness. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I think on that mindfulness, Adrian, I think it's important, it's a good mm. point about being mindful of the extra layers of conflict that are going to exist. So we mm. talked about homeschooling. We talked about, mm. um, you know, that's going to be hard for a lot of people. They, they never expected that they would be doing mm. that. But I think one of the other things that is really noteworthy and we've seen a lot of this week is really a lot of anxiety and mm. fear about health. Mm. Um, and some people have already had health anxiety. Some people have never had that. Um, some people will feel like this health anxiety has been forced upon us to some degree. Yeah. Um, and then there will be people that are really, really feeling sick and really panicked about finances. Yeah. Um, and mm. that is one of the biggest issues that people fight about is finances. Yeah. Um, and so it's always been a topic of contention between couples, mm. but it will be incredibly magnified now when people have mm. either lost jobs or they are fearful that they might lose jobs mm. or their income stream in their own personal businesses is going to be under pressure. Um, so you need to be, I think, one of the takeaways Adrian was sort of saying about being gentle, I think the other takeaway from this is just to be really, really compassionate mm. that your partner and your children are going to be experiencing some sort of anxiety, mm. some sort of stress that they may not actually be used to and what we all need when we're experiencing those sort of symptoms is an incredible incredible level of compassion mm. and understanding mm. and empathy and comfort from our partners and um, that's probably two of the key things I think that we need to sort of be mindful of yeah and it's funny because you know the kids probably can't like I've been watching them and though they can't even maybe articulate mm what they're feeling, yeah. it's yeah. different. Yeah. And though they're loving, there's lots of elements they're loving about yeah. it, I can tell the extra stress mm. and then, gosh, like they've got mum and dad, like yeah. exactly like two different teaching yeah. styles. It's like <laughs> yep. Jekyll and Hyde, like coming, you know, at them. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard to be compassionate when you're stressed it as well. It really is. So <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah, I think it's a really, really good reminder. Yeah. And I liked what you said is you guys have all the tools, yeah. more tools than anyone, and we and sometimes yeah. we don't use them. And yeah. so mm. even with this podcast is for some people you're going to say things they've never heard. Yeah. But for others it's going to be just that reminder of, hey, yeah. I need to be intentional. Yeah. About this stuff. Yeah. yeah. Do I want my marriage to be standing yeah, mm. at the end? At the end. Yeah. Yeah. Can I also just sort of um, on what you said there, Lou, about when it's hard to be compassionate when we're stressed, you mm. know, and that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. You know, Gottman research shows that you know when we are highly stressed and when we're or we're in fear or anxiety is, is high, um, parts of our brain switch yeah. on to protect us, right? So um, the fight or flight response comes in, and it switches off all the higher functioning parts of our brain. This actually happens. You know, we can actually see this 
happening uh, neurologically. And once those higher functioning parts of the brain switch off, mm. that's when all the, the compassion goes, where yeah. the ability to take on new information uh, goes as well. Yeah. And um, we just have a very little ability to be empathic and whatnot. So mm. it's about managing that stress. It's, it's, that's massive for, yeah. especially this uh, time, Season, yeah. to be taking responsibility, as I said before, for your own stress. Mm. Yeah. We're going to actually talk about a little bit about that, yeah. I think, you know, um, in Well, a I think it segues perfectly mm. into talking yeah. about the four horsemen. Mm. So yeah. um, the Gottman research, so for those of you who don't know much about the Gottman Institute, I really implore you to get on Google and Google. Um, yes. There's mm. so much information on the Gottman Institute and there's so much research and, and support for couples um, around mm. couples' work, but parenting, all that sort of stuff. But they've essentially done been studying couples for the last 40 years, looking mm. at what makes a relationship work versus what makes a relationship fail. And we could go on for hours and hours and hours about mm. the research. It's very exciting and very interesting. But I think one of the uh, most obvious findings and one that most people have heard a lot about is the four horsemen of the apocalypse. And so this is essentially four communication patterns that the Gottman Institute has identified through studying couples in their real-life environment, four communication patterns that, if left to run rampant throughout our relationship, will cause devastation and destruction mm. um, and could possibly lead to the end of a relationship or worse still being just really unhappily married for a long, long time. A lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And so Adrian, when he was talking about that flight or fight response, um, he was sort of referring to one of the four horsemen, and that's uh, the horseman of stonewalling. Yeah. Um, and might actually be a good place to start yeah. with that one. So um, stonewalling is essentially when you are in a situation where there's tension rising, there's conflict, um, and you feel in yourself that you're starting to shut down. Mm. Um, and you're, say, sorry, it's brought yeah. on by feeling attacked. Yeah, you it know, is. When we yeah. feel attacked and blamed, yeah. um, that's when this can come up. Yeah, mm. and so we, we're feeling that, and we're feeling also that the situation or the conversation is just too overwhelming mm. for us. Um, and it might be that um, if, it, if you're my husband, Adrian, that your wife is talking to too hard and too fast <laughs> um, and too much <laughs> and, um, and becoming a little bit <laughs> hyperverbal, would we call it? <laughs> um, and in that moment, like, uh, that can result in the person feeling just really overwhelmed and what happens in the body when we're feeling overwhelmed, that's when that flight or fight response kicks in and we physiologically see that our heart rate goes above mm. 100 beats per minute. We have the release of stress hormones from the brain cortisol and adrenaline, what they do is they flood the system. Um, and at this point, Adrian sort of uh, alluded to it before, but in it's really important that you hear that it is you cannot uh, think clearly. Mm. You can only see and hear signs of danger. So if your partner is saying something really positive and really helpful, you're actually not even going to see or hear that. Mm. You're only going to hear the things that feel like a threat to you mm. when you're flooded, and that's the heart rate above 100 beats per minute. Uh, the other thing that's going to happen is you lose the ability to problem solve and think creatively. So everybody wants to solve their problems, but you are not going to be able to when you're mm. flooded. The smartest of people in the world are not going to be able to solve 
solve these problems, um, let alone the average person like us, you know. Uh, you're just not going to. And then in addition to that, you lack the ability to empathise, and that's what you were saying, Lou, about compassion. It's just not there. You lose that ability. And it's not because you're a bad person in that mm, moment. Right. It's not because you don't love your partner. It's not because you don't care. You just don't have that capacity. And so that is one of the four horsemen that's stonewalling. Um, people... Can I, sorry, can yeah. I just um, interrupt? And just this, I think it would be important for you know people watching and listening in to be able to identify within themselves and yeah. for the partner to see or identify when someone is stonewalling. Yeah. And there's two responses to stonewalling when we feel emotionally flooded. Yeah. Uh, and the fight or flight response kicks in. Um, one response is to, is that flight type of mode to yeah. avoid. So that that's the eyes sort of divert down, the shoulders slump. You know, yeah. it's it's like the person just glazes over, mm. and they're giving no indication that they're actually participating in the um, discussion, conversation, the yeah. conversation. Uh, yeah, and everything's just going over their head. So mm. that's that shutdown, that emotional. And that shutdown. can be quite inflammatory. That Absolutely, other, like yeah. when you're in that. Um, and I think this is one of the most powerful yeah. things to just yeah. identify. Yeah. Because yeah. talk about no compassion. Because yeah. when you say to yeah. get those body single signals, mm-hmm. you know, you're yeah. just like, <laughs> like want to it's, explode. It's interesting because yeah. you're saying, you know, people that stonewall, yeah. like yeah. myself, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, you know, I stonewall Classy. a lot Don't if worry. we it's argue. You're, you're a male, <laughs> but, that's what happens. <laughs> but, you know, you're saying that, you know, you, I can't, when I'm in that state, I can't physically almost yes. like get out of this. Yes. And yes. I feel like that sometimes when, yeah. you know, when I'm shut down, mm. I feel like my body just won't allow me to talk. Yeah. And even, like, yep. Lou's, like, really getting frustrated at this stage and she's like... Like, I'm know, just in a great speech and I need <laughs> some kind of feedback. Just talk to me, you know, give me <laughs> some cold. feedback. Yeah. And That's physically it. my body just feels like I just can't, yep. Yep. like, get a word out. Yep. Yep. And yep. it's funny, like, you say that, it's like when yep. you're stonewall, yeah. it's this re- body, like, physical reaction yeah, yeah. where your body just can't say something yeah Yeah. and it's it's not just just feeling which i think probably releases a lot of people like felix Mm. in that state yeah to know okay i'm not making it up or Mm. i'm not you know a bad husband no no yeah yeah because i think um that's really great and i I appreciate so much that you've shared that with people Mm. felix and i know adrian can empathize Mm. with you there (laughs) and i think it's important to know that men do stonewall more often than men or than women rather Mm. let's get that right um but also it actually takes men a lot longer to calm down than Mm. than it does for women and there's a biological component to why that's the case Mm. um but it is really important that people understand that it, it is a physiological thing that happens in the body because then for the person who is talking, so Lou, that would be you by the sounds of it in your marriage and me and mine, uh, the hyperverbal, really good speech people... Maybe it's why we like public speaking, right? right. <laughs> um, it, it, for us, though, like what's actually happening on the other side of that is it's like, I really, really, really need you to understand me. Like, yeah. I, I really need you to hear me. I really need you to validate me. And you are giving me the silent treatment. Mm. Mm. And that's what it feels like. It feels mm. malicious at that time mm. and it feels like intent at that time. Mm. And that's when then we can become quite critical and we can say really harsh things. Mm. And so we that mm. probably yeah then leads us to the other horseman which is criticism you know yeah. and that's the um, second way that we respond to a, a stonewall yeah. thing that shut down all the attack the so attack fight or flight yeah yeah, yeah. 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 and yeah. so it's so hard because in reality what the individuals are feeling in that type of dynamic is the person who's stonewalling is feeling unheard 
mm. misunderstood, mm. invalidated and uncared for. And the hyperverbal attacker, you know, or the pursuer is actually also feeling those exact same mm. things and worse still because they've said a lot of words and not been heard, <laughs> I joke. Um, but, yeah, like we're feeling the same thing, unheard, misunderstood, invalidated. Mm. And what we're all really longing for at that point is to be able to connect with one another mm. and to actually have the other person put aside their own agenda, mm. stop, see the pain that I'm feeling, see the stress that I'm feeling, mm and really be able to care for me in that time. Mm. And yet what we're describing here with stonewalling and flooding is it becomes impossible. Mm. So it's where we actually need to, for the sake of our sanity and for the sake of our relationship and for the sake of, you know, what we expose our children to, is we actually need to stop. There is no other option. Even for the hyperverbal person who's on the attack, it feels so hard to stop, but we need to understand mm. that nothing good will actually come of being staying in this conversation mm. at this point. Nothing mm. good will come mm. of it. You will say and do things that will really, really hurt each other. Mm. So practically in that space, and I think it's it's been a journey we've been on mm. through our conflicting because I know... Felix needs that yeah. space to calm down. But when you feel like you need a resolution, like I won't sleep mm. then. So that's what I get really frustrated yeah. with. Then he's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, I lose my sleep. Um, so, but I do recognize and when I can step away or at least give him space, yeah. we do have that coming together at the end. Yes. Like, yeah. or in a, in yeah. a bit of time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, what would be practical mm. ways, especially with the one who's need, the pursuer, yeah. you know, that yeah. needs that in that moment? What are things that yeah. you do? And it's such an important uh, question that you've asked because what we're describing here is actually the distance of pursuer mm. dynamic mm. that occurs in... in in a lot of relationships, unless mm. you've got two avoiders or two fighters. Um, but that's a rarity to yeah. have people with the same conflict mm. style. So what you've described is that distance of pursuer dynamic and it's why it's so familiar for everybody that's listening. It's why it's familiar with us two couples sitting here. Mm. We've got a clear distance of pursuer dynamic and the distress that we're feeling when we're distancing, the distress that mm. we're feeling that when we're pursuing is equally as intense for both parties. Mm. Um, so... It's hard for the uh, pursuer because <laughs> we have to buckle under and have the break when we don't want to. Mm. Um, and I think we need to start looking at it. I think, first of all, it's a cognitive shift. So it's a shift in our thinking, understanding that I actually need this break as well. Mm. We're so used to pointing That's the good. finger yeah. and mm. saying, you need the break. You can't cope yeah. with the conversation. You're shutting down. You're giving me the silent treatment. Mm. But we have to look internally mm. and go, you know what? I know I'm not functioning well here. Like, mm. I know I'm hyperverbal. I know my tone is off. I know that what I'm saying is not helping this situation. Mm. I actually need the break. Mm. And you need to permit yourself to actually take that break. So mm. I think the first thing is that cognitive shift, knowing that it's not their fault. You're both going to benefit from the break. Mm. That's the first thing. And then what can you do? Um, 
I think uh, at this point we have to understand that when we get flooded with those stress hormones, it's going to take a minimum of 20 minutes mm. for these um, stress hormones, cortisol and adrenaline, to dissipate through the circulatory system because the human body doesn't have an enzyme in it that enables the breakdown of these um, stress hormones. Mm. So it has to be dissipated through mm, the circulatory naturally. system yeah. naturally, yeah. So we need to take a break. And the break must involve a purely relaxing activity. So whatever that looks like, we'll give you a few examples in a second, but it must be purely relaxing. So really helping the body and the mind to just start to, to de-escalate. Um, and it must also include, not include, any distress-maintaining thoughts. Mm, would sleep be one of them? It, sleep would Something. be a very good one for some people, and I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I liked you. I liked that cheeky little yeah. intervention. Um, sleep would be a good one, but we need to understand how we use that. <laughs> Kerry said I can sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you don't use it, therapist. It's part of your home conflict. Um, so... Yeah, purely relaxing activity, mm. no distress-maintaining thoughts. And I always say to people, like, when you walk away from a conflict, I don't know about you guys, but the first 10 minutes of my break, oh, I can't believe you would say that. What's wrong with him? <laughs> you know, Sometimes it's, I it's... can hear her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. <laughs> but there is that sort of, like, I am still distressed. It's and then it's a rehearsing. That's what uh -huh. I do. Like, yeah, we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're maintaining the distress yes. in our body. Yeah. So yeah. I say to people, you need a minimum of 20 minutes, but if the first 20, 10 of those 20 minutes is you still having the argument inside your head, you need to tack on another 20 minutes after that at mm, least. Yeah. But 20 minutes is the minimum, and recent research is indicating that for a lot of people it's more closer to an hour. Mm. Yeah, um, right. And for some people coming across to your question, Felix, for some people that really struggle when their emotions get the better of them, either anger, hurt, uh, shame, embarrassment, um, all of those sorts of really strong emotions, some people get so flooded that they actually need to go to sleep. Yeah because it's the mm. only way that they're going to calm down mm. and they really need to just, the body needs to go into sort of a complete shutdown and restoration, which is what mm. sleep does provide. Um, for some other people, it doesn't come quite mm. as easily. But we do need to have a non-conflict conversation with our partner. So when we're not in conflict, tell me what happens to you when you get flooded so that I know what supports you need or what you need mm. to do for yourself so that you can sort of down-regulate. So they're the important things to remember. Minimum of 20 minutes. Some people need more um, purely relaxing activity and no distress-maintaining thoughts. And for the sake of your marriage and your relationship, you need to tell your partner that you're feeling flooded before you walk mm. away. You can't yeah. just walk away. Mm. So the person who's shutting down needs to be able to respect that the other person is feeling really overwhelmed and they're going to feel a real disconnect and a real possibly even rejection at that point when yeah. you walk away from them. So you need to say to them, I'm feeling flooded um, and I'll 
I've got to have a break, but I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about this because that reassurance is what they need Mm. so that they can begin that process of self-soothing as well. Mm. Um, We have this dynamic in our relationship Mm. and I always share with my clients is we got to a point we battled through this distance of pursuer dynamic for quite some time in the early days of our relationship Um, and we got to a point where we actually, Adrian said, okay, so when we're fighting, I'm just going to say this. I'm really angry right now. I need to go away, but I love you and I'll be back. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> and it works because I just need to know that we're good. Yeah. Um, I know you're cranky, but I know you're coming back. It's all I need. And then yeah. I can start that process of self-soothing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's really good. And I think mm-hmm. it's practical. Maybe you're at home and you're listening and you guys have been going, okay. Yeah. But, you know, maybe financial pressure's coming yeah. or the yeah. homeschooling is get, could yeah. get the better of you. Mm. And, and talking about these things when you're not fighting, mm. is, it's so important but really not natural. Mm. No. Like it's mm. really unnatural to talk yeah. about your relationship yeah. or talk about potential conflict yeah. when you're not in conflict. Do you yeah. agree? Yeah. yeah. It's amazing when you do it, though, and I think we've gotten pretty good at Mm. it over the last few years. We haven't always been good at Mm. it, but the more we do our work, the better Mm. we get at it. And I think one of the things that I've loved that we've gotten to a point of being able to do is actually go, you know what, I'm actually having a rotten day. Yeah. Everything that could go wrong is going wrong, Mm. and I'm actually feeling really on edge. So I'm just letting you know, putting it out there, (laughs) that anything that I say or do today, it's not necessarily going to be about you. Mm. I'm going to do my best to not use the four horsemen or any of that sort of stuff. But if I do, just be a bit patient with me because I'm just having a rotten day. Mm. Um, and it's amazing when you can sort of check in with each other and share that, um, how much that eases the intensity of conflict in your relationship. Mm. Yeah. It's a nice thing to get to. So we've been talking a lot about the... the um, Stonewalling. Stonewalling horsemen. So there are three others. Uh, yeah. And, and I think it's important to know what they are because if we can avoid, try avoid these mm. three others... It's less likely that we would yeah. uh, stonewall, right? Yeah. So the, the three others are criticism, defensiveness, um, and contempt, right? So these are the, the other three, and the fourth one is uh, stonewalling, of course. But um, if we were to sort of just to give a very quick summary, Kerry, of, of mm. these three, if I could, um, criticism is when you attack and blame um, somebody, mm. you know, so you use those really attacking you statements, uh, um, uh, the terms like always and never. So you never do this for me. You always do that, right? So yeah. the other person receives that as a, a lot of blame. Yeah. And criticism is is received as an attack on the person, right, so mm. their character um, in that way. So if we're, if we're ever using that type of language with each other and using harsh tone, mm. uh, you know, facial expressions, body language and whatnot yeah. that is threatening... Uh, that's all criticism, and, mm. and that then leads to the next horseman, the person receiving criticism, is is likely to become very defensive. Mm. Um, so, defensive is when we are shirking responsibility. So we we actually sort of shut down. We can shut down, or we can sort of attack back. But really, what it's about is that well, you've attacked me, so I'm going to now you know, not attack. take responsibility to uh, of anything for anything, and I'm going to put an externalizer back onto you. Mm. And there's two two ways we do that by the counter attack, right, and also the poor me victim stance which we can go through in a little bit uh, of time uh, and that that last one is contempt 
Mm. And Kid Tempt is actually been shown to be the number one killer, <laughs> or the, the, yeah. the yeah. highest killer of uh, relationships. And that's when one or both of us take a, a position of superiority over the other. You know? mm. So when we, when we actually are talking down to the other person, um, when we say things like, you know, um, I can't believe you've done that, I would never do that, or, mm. you know, you should know better, and you're pointing that finger, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm up here and you're down there type of thing. Contempt can also be quite well, subtler, you know, can be in body language, you know, mm. so that sort of sighing and rolling the eyes at the other person, you know, when they're talking, that's contempt at showing that, you know, I don't really respect what you're saying, but I'll just let you have your little say type of thing, you know, mm. but I really know what the what the deal is here. So these three, if we're using mm. these three, it, it can definitely lead to stonewalling and these these play off each other as well. Uh, do you agree? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Mm. And I think if you're at home and listening, don't be alarmed. Mm. Yeah. You can identify in those. Yeah. I think we're actually more empowered if we can identify mm. it Absolutely. and then pull back, mm. Yeah, um, mm. which I like we'll continue to talk about. And yeah. if you've enjoyed what you're listening to, I encourage you to listen in on the yeah. next two. But mm. I would also say like what Kerry said about researching John yeah. Gottman's stuff yeah. will mm. empower you. You can go, they've got blogs yeah. and things. Everything, yeah. Um, and when the world opens up again, mm. the, these things that we're talking about, like the day's worth of workshops and it's just, it's hard to condense the information because it's so incredibly, um, there's a lot of it. I didn't have a word for it. But there's there's a lot and so we're trying to give you a taste (laughs) and a teaser of it. Mm. So thank you so much, Kerry and Adrian, and make sure you tune in for part one and two. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thanks.